Will stared down at the wounds on his arm, tracing the lower of the two with his opposite hand over and over again. For as long as he lived, these scars would stand as a constant reminder of just how fucked up the world had become. They'd also memorialize David Ellis, a man who'd done so much to paralyze Will's soul and had now left his permanent mark on Will's flesh. Eventually, the others would likely ask Will what it had felt like to die, and he wouldn't have an answer. He'd only seen black. There were no lights, no angels strumming harps, no endless sea of white clouds. Nothing but darkness. And he'd had no sense of just how much time he'd spent in the black. One moment he was lying on the road. Then he was gone. And when he'd woken up again, he had no recollection of what had happened in between. Perhaps he thought he'd been in some sort of purgatory. After the time spent at the farm, burying their friends and then regrouping, Will had remained mostly to himself, fighting an internal battle to try and come to some kind of realization and acceptance of what had happened to him. Others in the group had noticed the change in his demeanor and silently offered him his space. This included Holly, even though each time Will looked at her, he could tell that she was on the verge of emotionally breaking obviously wanting so desperately to help him. The group had managed to find a vehicle once they'd made it near the interstate. They'd chosen a minivan, which had been left at a gas station. The key to it sat right on the passenger seat. The gas pumps at the station itself had been empty, but for whatever reason, the van had remained untouched by looters, and the fuel gauge on the dash had sprung to three-quarters full once the engine had roared to life. Jessica had suggested that it was perhaps by faith that they'd found the perfect vehicle. Bullshit, Will thought, because faith had been the question with no answer since he'd woken up. Including the front cab, the van had three rows of seats. Jessica rode up front with Gabriel, who was driving. Holly sat on the middle bench, keeping the two children entertained. Dylan was almost back to his normal self, or at least the version of normal that he'd created since the fall, and Mary Beth seemed to be coming out of her shell a little bit. Will sat in the back, alone. Every now and then, Holly would turn around and flash him a smile, which he'd vaguely return. Part of him felt guilty for shying away from her at such a strenuous time, but he appreciated her patience while he sorted things out in his mind. With night creeping upon them, the group found themselves becoming desperate. The three-quarters of a tank just wasn't enough. They'd made multiple stops to try to find more fuel, but had only been able to scavenge a few gallons. If they couldn't find more gasoline soon, they'd be forced to walk again. This wasn't an option. It'll be sundown soon, Jessica said. We need to start finding somewhere safe to stop for the night. I just want to drive a little longer, Gabriel said. I know you want to get home, but if we run out of gas, especially when it's dark, we won't be able to get to Washington any quicker. We've got to find somewhere to stop. You know that's the right... You don't think I know what's right? Guys, Holly said from the middle aisle, stop it. There's no point in arguing. She drew in a deep breath. Jessica is right, Gabriel. If we get stuck in the night with no gas, we may not be around to... 
Holly paused, looking over at the children. They were listening intently now, no longer distracted with whatever mindless games she had been able to amuse them with. She was relieved to have held her tongue, not wanting to worry them with thoughts of the group being stranded in the dark of night. Gabriel sighed. Be on the lookout for a good place to stop, 